Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plovsky, and I have a message from the Nightingale. Sing! On my subway ride, I am Aldolfo, by the way, I was sent to uh, Imagine Coney Island when I found a lonely town. Here's a list. One. I hope I get it. That's it. That's the whole list. Lucky to be me, I guess. But when you're changing lives, it's not about me. It's time to dance. The lady's improving, though. Joining us today are the usual New York New Yorkers who stumbled along, including Kevin, Toledo Surprise Jager. Oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> Kimberly, or what I did for Love Game Master, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. <laughs> Hello. And with, with us today is a double whammy. I don't even know where to start. One of you, uh, you, you may know one from shows like Oklahoma, A Chorus Line, Gypsy, White Christmas on the Town, uh, and Prince of Broadway, uh, and uh, maybe even in the future in Flying Over Sunset. Uh, our other guest you may know from 42nd Street, The Drowsy Chaperone, Elf, Bandstand, and the prom again these are just the highlights uh we'd be the whole hour would be taken up with uh resumes otherwise uh <laughs> let's be uh let's give a big broad wasted welcome to friends of the show friends of the, show. Of the show tony yazbeg and beth Lavo. hey guys <laughs> you ready for this welcome oh. thank you Thank we so really appreciate, yeah, of course, we appreciate you being here. Um, we're super excited to just like talk theater and fun things. But before we get to any of that, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are we drinking? What um, I am drinking and what I wish I was drinking is two different <laughs> things. But the evening is young. And if I just disappear for a moment, just know I have, you know, I'm trying to be a professional. It's water. Great. Yeah, I, I just been <laughs> drinking some electrolytes. This is so like it's like what are we what are we back to Broadway already? Not yet. <laughs> Jeez, always. So boring. Yeah. It's like I have I'm hydrating. I'm hydrating, guys. I just finished practicing my tap dance. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be drinking something probably at the wine variation later. Yes. Beautiful. 
Uh, Kevin, um, what are you drinking? What are you guys drinking? I'm drinking an Angry Orchard hard cider because I thought it'd be nice and springy. Wow. Bring on the warm weather. Mm-hmm. Right. Kimberly? I have a, a Tangeray and tonic. Nice. That's what I drink. Yeah. <laughs> <Always>. <laughs> Uh, I am drinking uh, on the rocks this resurgent bourbon whiskey. Um, mm. Pretty good, pretty good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll just start out with uh, what are your favorite musicals? Oh, hmm. the, the the easy stuff. Easy, you know. <laughs> easy to begin. You mean musicals in general, or ones we've been in? Uh, musicals in general. You don't have to have been in them. That's totally uh, fine. Because um, my, I have two right off the top of my head, which is Dreamgirls yeah. and A Chorus Line. Mm. Mm. And I have two. That's just the ones, those are the ones I saw early on and kind of changed my life because I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Chorus Line I saw in college and I was just so blown away. I think it imprinted deeply and that's why I'm sitting here with you today. Sure. I, yeah, I was going to say that that Zoom scene in a chorus line is forever memorable. <laughs> uh, Tony? Yeah, I think uh, my, the first show I ever listened to on record, I mean, it's still probably my favorite show, West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I, I can't not love Sunday in the Park with George. I just, I, I ball my eyes out every time I witness it. So th- those two are probably up there as my top two. Sure. So follow-up question to West Side Story. Do when you think of West Side Story, do you think of the movie track list or do you think of the album track list? Like which structure do you think of when you think of West Side Story? I mean, I think it's definitely I mean, it's a, it's a combination because you know, when you're a kid, you you're a little you're a little more visual with everything you're seeing, but at the same time, records and music was such a big part of my childhood. So, I mean, the musical album track for sure but when it came to experiencing the musical i think i watched the movie like a hundred times when i was a kid mm-hmm. so it's hard sure. to decipher yeah 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 um remember great. remember albums oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when i was in grad school i wore annie out mm. That's you were the album and and jesus christ superstar Oh, my mind is clear on that. That's how I cleaned the apartment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that uh, growing up, like what albums like our parents had and would play. So like my parents growing up, like I would, I I know the um, the hair original album, like vinyl, everything like by heart because that's all my mom played. Um, like it's 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 cool to see like my memory is of that, but now like I'll go on Spotify and listen to the same thing. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll still listen to. I mean, I've done Gypsy more than anyone's ever done Gypsy, and I, I, I'll still, <laughs> I'll still listen to it. I, I mean, obviously, it's the best overture of all time. I think there's something mm. to that overture more than I, I think it's it it transcends beyond. I really do. Yeah. I think there's something religious about it. You're absolutely totally. Right. I mean, it's like I know every single instrument. I feel like I'm conducting the orchestra every time I listen to it, and, and just just that in itself is enough, you know. And Beth, you, did you do the show at the Muni? You did. I did. It's a very small, intimate theater. <laughs> I thought, what a great role to play with two weeks of rehearsal for eleven thousand five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure, pressure. at all. No, I, I now now I'm so desperate to do it again so I can really, really, you know, explore for a longer amounts of t- time that f- fabulous, complex, complicated woman. 
What was it like to do Rose's turn though in front of that many people and like an outside amphitheater? Yeah. I mean, that's religious. Kind of, yeah. It was like religious. Yeah. Because there was a turntable and literally I plopped myself on the turntable far upstage right and I had a dream. And the turntable. It was a literal Rose's turn. <laughs> Early. Well, I asked for that. I said it, it says Rose's turn. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you read my writer? <laughs> there should be a turntable. Um, but uh, so actually, I want to flip back to something that Beth like kind of started with. Um, what is so from your career thus far? Is there something that stands out to you as a memorable show or a memorable experience? Um, because you both have such extensive careers and 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 um, and uh, credits for Broadway, regionally, all that. Like, what stands out to you? Like, what do you think back to? And like, these are memories that pop up first, like from your gut. Tony. Me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate oh, when gosh. people do that. They go, what do you think life is? And I go, yeah. oh, Tony. <laughs> I mean, there are two, there are two uh, justifications for that answer as well. I mean, look, I'm, it's it's really bizarre. I mean, I was a child actor on Broadway and it's in, oh, wow. people, and people think, people think a lot of times, you know, that it sort of intensifies the experience and I'm sure it does. But at the same time, I, you know, I came from sort of a chaotic family background. So when I discovered Broadway at 11 years old and I had this family, you know, led by Tyne Daly on Broadway with arguably the best musical written of all time. Mm -hmm. I felt like I found my, my second family and I did never, I just never wanted to leave it. Sure. And I had the most incredible backstage experience with these people, let alone you're listening to this score over and over and over. And I never got sick of it for two years. And I, I think it just still stands out to me. I mean, I remembered so many things vividly um, at 11 years old, 12 and 13, you know? And so having that be like the basis for like my love for theater, I just feel really lucky. Uh, you know, th that to me was, it, you know, just the most exciting moment of my life because it, it just brought everything out as I got older, you know. Cool. Oh, that's amazing. I had totally forgot that you were a child actor, that you've been doing this since you were 11 years old. That is- Yeah, I mean, it was really mostly that experience. I did a couple of little things regionally, but like I went to Broadway and then I went out back to Boondocks, Pennsylvania and, you know, <laughs> did all the things that other regular kids did, but it, it was bizarre to do that. Like, I, I don't recommend, like most kids, they just want to stay there. And now it's like, sure, sure. I go back to regular life when you've experienced Broadway, you know? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. And that was that was the revival with Krista Moore and Tyne Daly, right? Yep. So I did a show with Krista Moore in South Florida when I was first starting out. And my parents like Googled everything I did and like every person that was in a show with me. And they found out that she had been nominated for two Tonys. So they called her two-time Tony. So my dad would always like tell all his friends, like, my kid's in a show with two-time Tony. And they're like, there's a guy named two-time Tony? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, are, they, are you doing Guys and Dolls? Yeah, so it's like, like a gangster. I was here the horse. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. I think my show, because it's still so fresh in my memory, is prom, only because yeah. to really, really, really give birth to something. And as of like today, I've been associated with that story and Dee Dee Allen for nine years. Mm -hmm. so I feel like I have such ownership and to give birth to the creation of the story, as funny as it was and as heartfelt, but it, 
it's so interesting. You know, people say musical comedies, but this musical comedy, as well as many others, actually changed lives. And it was such a privilege just to be a part of that and to have, again, my DNA just all over Dee Dee Allen and all over the story and to be so involved in the creation of it is a real privilege. And so I'd have to say prom. Sure. And you were yeah. damn good in that. Thank yeah. you. Oh, God. God. So, so good. I, I, I showed actually, earlier that I have it on vinyl. I got it for my birthday. So oh, cool. That's a and good gift. Teal. Oh my oh, God. That's cool. Right. That's it's like right. the coolest record I own. Wow. That is very cool. Um, Again, you have such phenomenal taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, follow up to prime the video of you on the closing night singing um, the ladies improving kind of went like viral, you know, at least Broadway viral. I don't know about anything other than that. Um, I don't care about anything. Yeah, other. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess my question is, you know, we all saw that at the end, you could feel the energy palpable through the, the video, like as a performer with the already emotions kind of pumping through you on that night, knowing that it is that night, but then having that reaction from the audience, how do you balance that? Like specifically that moment or, 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 if you've experienced that before, how do you as an actress balance that on stage while trying to like just be there in the moment? But like, obviously there's like so much else going on or you just give into it all. I just, you know, initially it was like going, you know, just be professional. And then I couldn't, I just slipped completely out of character and cried mm -hmm. and thanked the audience as Beth level, which, sure. you know what, that night, that moment, that whatever amount of time it was, was kind of, it, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was like winning a Tony award that night. Sure. <laughs> it really was. It was so, it, it was just amazing. And I, it's hard for me to even articulate, you know, the, when I saw it, I don't remember much about the moment except crying and going, do I start now? No, just it's like, just sit here, just sit here, just sit here and, and remember everything you're feeling right now. Cause God knows it may never happen again. Yeah, for so, sure. So that's what it was. But I, no, I totally turned into Beth level. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I gave up. I just gave up. Isn't that the beauty, though, of like musical comedy and in, in general, where you can just like kind of do whatever you want and the audience is with you? I mean, it's that's what musical. That's why musical comedy is just so special. I know. You just that fourth wall is just it's broken. But as soon as you get out there and and you have full reign to do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. It was. Just, I mean, that's that's why that's why you were so brilliant in that show because you just. You commanded, commanded the audience and they were with you the entire time. You could have said any story you wanted. And I, that's what I love about musical comedy when it comes down. I mean, we're going to we're gonna really need it after this pandemic is over. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Just bring on some joy and laughter. My God. I, I was going to jump on and ask you, Tony, because I saw you in On the Town um, and you were brilliant in that as well. And there's a specific moment in that show um, where you were, I think you were singing a cappella, and there were people like throughout the theater who started singing with you. And right. it was one of those, especially in like such a large theater, it was the lyric, correct? Yeah. So like in such a large theater to just have like the sounds of perfect harmony, just like coming like cacophonously all through the theater at you was so powerful. Like what was that to, to do that in a theater that big with a show that big every night to then quiet it down and just have like the beauty of the vocals like you know, it was, it, it's, a, it's the beauty of really collaborating with like people like John Rando, who um, we collectively had this idea years before that. Um, we first did it at City Center. Um, I don't know how many years before that. And 
there was this sort of idea and it's, and then it started at Barrington where we put it together and we kept trying new things and we would bounce ideas off each other. And I had a real deep um, connection to that song. And I felt like um, gave me sort of most people in New York feeling like everybody, like it's, there's so many people around and really nobody's around. Um, and most of us have felt how loneliness feels in New York. And so I just, I felt like it was a religious experience in that way. I felt like, um, it, and at the same time, I felt like the voices were, um, and it's, John felt the same way. It's like the, the voices were um, sort of these spirits of the past coming to give Gaby the biggest hug and say, you're going to be okay as lonely as you are. You've got a big heart and it will, it will come to, you know, you'll come to terms with it. And uh, somebody will love you just as much as you want to love them. I mean, it's it's like every hopeless romantics journey in New York. We're just so damn alone, you know, all this stuff. And um, and so I remember we started that idea out at Barrington Stage Company. And when we got to the lyric, it really took off because it was just such a vast cavern of space. Uh, so, it, it, yeah, I, cool. I really was proud of that moment. Well, do you know where else you can have a religious experience? <laughs> Tuesdays in the corner with Kevin. It's Kevin's corner. <laughs> Welcome to Kevin's corner where I get to do whatever I want because it's my corner. So um, today I went online on Google and I typed in funniest questions and I found this website that's called funny questions to get to know your team. And it's for like a boss to ask his team and like ice breaking <laughs> questions Probably also happens on Zoom today. Like, Probably. Oh, People are totally right doing that. So uh, I'm going to ask some of these questions. I'm shocked that some of these questions are allowed to be asked by a boss. Um, but we're Kevin, just going to very brave. You're very brave, Kevin. <laughs> we're going to see how this goes. All right. Um, at which store would you love to max out your credit card? Only one. If you had to pick one. Only one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, only this. I'm I'm processing what I need more: clothes, furniture, or food. I know. Yeah, I guess I it's like the it's like the genie rules. Yeah, I'd have to say Macy's because I can kind of get mm. it all. All of it. Yes, yeah, good yeah. choice. Thank you. Uh, I'm professional. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think here. Where would it be? It would definitely be like a home improvement. I'm gonna pick Lowe's because mm. my house needs a lot of work as it always does. <laughs> and um, I, I've, last year I spent a lot of money there, but I would love to spend the, my entire credit cards limit there. That would be nice. Oh, what a like handyman answer. I love that. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning because I got a lot of time on my hands. Home Improvement <laughs> in the Musical starring Tony Esbeck. I'm upset. <laughs> uh, which storybook or cartoon character turns you on the most? For a work call? That yeah, this was a for a work. This is what a boss should ask his team members for fun. You know what? If the boss asked me that, it'd be like, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks I, so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> exactly. It's like, um, I'm most turned on by the settlement I'm going to get from this question. Being <laughs> <laughs> really trying to, I don't think a cartoon has ever turned me on. Thank God. Right? I know. But, yeah. But what about like, this doesn't include like superheroes, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Let me marinate on that, Tony. <laughs> uh, um, um, 
Oh my god. So I will say that growing up, um, I had a crush on Roxanne from a Goofy movie. Oh, okay. Of course. Fair. Yeah. Okay. And Robin Hood from like the Disney Robin Hood. He Sexy could get Fox. It. Sexy, Sexy Fox. Fox. I might have to say Batman. Oh, that's definitely. A Solid. Do you have a? Do you have a? Are you like a? Are you a Michael Keaton type of person? Are you a, 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 a Christian Clooney? Bale or just like the suit? That's good. I think it's the suit. I don't sure. really care. <laughs> also, the Bruce Wayne who's I'm incredibly gonna, rich. The Bruce Wayne, yeah, that's kind of that's almost more uh, attractive than the exactly. Batman. You're right. There is something to do with like with that leather. Like it's like Catwoman kind of did turn me on a lot. Mm. It's probably the Fosse dancer in me or something, though. I mean, oh sure. <laughs> oh, Catwoman <laughs> definitely studied Fosse when she was young. You know, 100%. she did. She was yeah. slinking around. You know, Absolutely. yeah. Selena Kyle's resume is full of Chicago's and uh, <laughs> you know, damn Yankees. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, this is easier. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh. Oh, I had so many of them, but right off, speaking of crushes, uh, I was obsessed with High Chaparral. Google. High mm. Chaparral. Okay. Yeah, it was just this Western, and they were, I just had crushes on a couple of the actors. If I didn't know that was a TV show. I would think that was the drink at a gay bar. <laughs> Hush now. <laughs> you know, I, I, a show I love that they're rebooting right now is, um, I loved watching The Wonder Years when I was young. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're rebooting I think it? it. I think it helped yeah. me get through some stuff. Yeah, they are. They're rebooting it. Yeah. Oh, but this is wonderful news. I also like Dallas. I like Ooh, those great show. Like yeah. Dynasty yeah. in Dallas. Dynasty in Dallas. Yes. However, to get to, to get to that, I had to sit with my parents and watch Lawrence Welk and Hee Haw. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What would be the movie title for the story of your life? Um, it's probably like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> My life on I love that. by Beth Level. That I'll think about that, and I'll have a better answer. But it, then that's sometimes how I feel. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Has fired you yet? <laughs> well, mine would be like, keep moving or something. Just move. With <laughs> 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 that <laughs> Uh, and then, what was the worst punishment you ever received at school? Mm. I was very well behaved. You know, I'm a very well behaved Southern girl. Mm. And I remember making uh, the class laugh in fifth grade and the teacher doing this thing. Mm, yeah, the yep. point. Go stand the back. All until I could control myself. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, def I definitely went to detention a, a couple times. But I can't, I can't remember what it was for, but it was probably for passing notes to a girl or something. It was so stupid. <laughs> uh, I went to detention during senior, like senior week because I put the principal's car online to sell. And <laughs> I put the school's uh, office phone number as the number to call. And it was like a brand new convertible that I put on for like $2,000. So the school finally just started, the secretaries just answered the, the phone and said, hello, the car is sold. Is there anything else I can help you with? Just because they were getting thousands of calls. Oh my God. <laughs> Evan, that is not good. That is bad. That sounds like, like a full house episode. 
I was good up until that. And my mom was the librarian in like the same school district. So they all knew my mom. So they were just like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's a good price for convertible. Yeah, it was really good. It was, it was priced to move. they got so many calls. (laughs) Priced to move. Um, Keep keep moving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What is your favorite cereal? Grape nuts. Mm. I I really like uh, apple cinnamon Cheerios. Oh, Yes. Yes. Mine is killer. Huh? Killer? Oh, serial killer. Killer. Oh, oh you're the worst. <laughs> um, and then uh, last one is, these are so great. Um, uh, have you ever had a poem or a song written about you? I've had a a song written about influenced by a character I've played, the drowsy chaperone. I've had a, it's mm. called, yeah. So yes. And it's about drinking all sorts of alcohol. So we love it. Already. <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah. laughs> Cheers. Cheers darlings. Yes. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Somebody please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Broadwaisted fans, you now have an assignment. Write your poems about Tony Esbeck and send them to Broadwaisted so we can make sure he gets them. I'm going to get a thousand DMs of shitty poems. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Kevin's Corner. (laughs) Hey, Kevin's Corner. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Cool. Well, before we talk about the, uh, now let's talk about the concert. So, um, you two are involved in the town halls, uh, concert, the Broadway by the year concert, and they're doing it by composers. So on May 10th, you'll be able to hear both Beth and Tony, uh, do the candor and ebb years. Um, also included in there is the, uh, a magnificent friend of the show, Danny Gardner, um, and more, um, you can hear them all there. Go to the townhall.org. Um, you can check out that one and then it's also streaming at 7 p.m that night monday the 10th but you can also get it on the website for the next 72 hours after so check it out there um but i do want to talk about uh about that i guess through your eyes through your experiences and and on all that what does theater through the years look like from your perspective, you know, where does your knowledge live of kind of the musical theater canon? Um, and what, 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 what portions, years, composers excite you specifically when it comes to musical theater? That's like a million questions. So like, this is Broadway's an answer however you want. You can talk about Ninja <laughs> Turtles too. We don't care. <laughs> I, 
my favorite musical is that one about Ninja Turtles. No, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So late at discovering theater and my passion. So very late. Uh, I.e., I was talking about when I was I have an MFA and I was listening to Annie. So I would have to say, um, thank goodness I went to school because I learned a lot about the history. But my favorite years are still like the seventies and the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, the hair and Jesus Christ Superstar and all those albums that I discovered. And then, you know, you discover Sondheim and then your life is forever changed. Mm-hmm. And then you discover Candor and Ebb. And then you just, you know, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, the people that are, you know, the workers being celebrated in the town hall series. And then the new ones that are coming up, you know, Pasek and Paul and Matt Sklar and Chad Baglin. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah, I'm 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 a perpetual student when it comes to learning more about composers and theater and Broadway. I still have a lot more to learn. Yeah, I, you know, I first listened to I guess my first composer was Gershwin, and it was I was sure. uh, four years old, and I was watching uh, Shall We Dance, and and it was Fred and Ginger, and that's what got me dancing was all the classics. So it wasn't necessarily the music; it was the music making me want to dance. And so it was always standards. And I'd always been an old school soul at heart. And it's sort of where my style sort of started from, watching Fred and Gene, and then it, and then watching Gregory Hines and finding who I was, what was masculinity, all of these things as mm. that, that became who I was as a musical artist, but really just all the standards. I mean, and I I I, I it's like I'm I feel like I'm constantly begging the Broadway community to not forget these composers not forget this time because this is where it all came from and there's so much magic there there really is so just you know the fact that I'm that Candor and Ed came up you know and they were on the list and you know Scott asked me would you do this I said I want to do John Candor's music he's alive still you know and he's doing great he's like 95 years old and he's killing it. he's still writing new material I mean like mm-hmm. we're so lucky to have this kind of thing happen um so I, I love John Candor's music but I, lo- I mean, who doesn't love Stephen Sondheim, but Jules Stein. Um, mm. just, I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a glutton for Bernstein and Gershwin. Um, and so uh, any chance I can get to do those things and put my own spin on it or, or whatever, those are, that's, that's what's really fun is finding new arrangements and new ways of telling the story. Cool. Do you, speaking of Candor and Ebb, since that's the concert you're involved in, are there shows that stand out for you for them specifically characters, songs, like what, what gets you going about Candor and Ebb uh, from the kind of their, their uh, song book? Well, they're brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And good answer. Good answer. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many, I could listen to Chicago over and over and over and over again. There's just this thematic, riffs that only they can write. Uh, you know, I can recognize a Candernet tune from an intro and be so satisfied and, and anticipatory about what, what else this song is gonna bring. I don't know, there's their signature and their singularity is just amazing. And I think Tony and I are really excited just to sing some songs from their catalog. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always good to, you know, it always feels like when a composer's doing their job, leave out the lyrics you can listen to the music and the music sort of tells the story I mean, that's when i know it's really good um so just i'm singing a song from uh, chicago so i've done billy flynn in that show four to five different times mm-hmm. and it's always a blast to go back to that show it's just ugh, it's crazy and uh and then i'm um, uh, you know, there's there's other songs like Sometimes a Day Goes By that is so simple. It's like when you, when you can find a composer that writes the most the most simplest 
tune that that brings emotion all the way up into your throat. I mean, it's it's perfect. So um, I, I love the simplicity behind all these tunes. They're great storytellers. Yeah, mm. they really are. So I can't wait. I'm doing a song of from the movie Cabaret. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That I've never sung before. <laughs> um, yeah so check that out uh may 10th at 7 p.m again you can stream it may 10th at 7 p.m um or you can check it out on the town hall website for the next 72 hours after that again um that is uh the townhall.org to get tickets and all the stuff like there we will put it in the description of this episode as well as tweet about it um so you can check out the information there again may 10th um Cool. So on that note, let's play a game. Let's do it. Sure. My turn. Um, I made up a game today called Show Within a Show. And I have my Lights of Broadway show cards to help us play this game. So in one hand, I have a pile of these are all just shows. And then we have some actors in my other hand. And so when it is your turn, you will, uh, I'll sort of, do this and like say when, and I'll draw you a card uh, and you'll have one of each. And then to make this a show within a show, um, because I have been watching Riverdale musical episodes, <laughs> um, uh, either create a new show for the actor to be in, um, in which they are also doing that musical um, or cast them on an existing show as a guest star in which they might be presenting that musical to the cast that already exists on that show, Um, which is a very confusing roundabout way to explain a game. So in which case my favorite thing to do is Brian, you go first. (laughs) All right, let's do this show within a show. Yes. Here's your actor. Say when, when. Kiala settle. Great. This is going to be a hit. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, say when. When. A Bronx Tale. Okay. Callus Settle in a Bronx or or, or uh, a Bronx Tale. Okay. This is going to be um Okay, we're going to do Oh my gosh. Glad uh, you went first, Brian. Glad you went first. I know, I know. I make it go first. <laughs> um Okay, we're going to do um Okay, do you remember the show Boston Public on Fox? Yes. Okay. So, we're doing this is an episode of Boston Public, okay? <laughs> so, um uh Fyrish Finkel was in that show. So Fyrish Finkel uh somehow is uh g- because maybe the the drama on the show, he's an older man, they're going to kick him out because like his tenure, he's just like he's they're giving him more responsibility so they're forcing him to retire. But he's taking on all of that um responsibility. And one of the things they give him is the um 
is the musical, okay? So he's got to figure out what musical he's going to do with these kids, okay? And so he brings in, uh, he decides to do a Bronx tale because it's the closest thing to where he grew up in Brooklyn, okay? So that's that's what he knows, okay? So he's doing a Bronx tale. And what he does is um, he starts casting all these kids and then there's this subplot about um, uh, like the, the, the um you know, which kids are going to play who in the musical. And then one of the kids' mother is played by Kayla Settle. And she is like a stage mom type, but she somehow gets herself into the musical. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's how they work it into the show. And it ends up being a hit. And this backfires on the principal. And uh, actually the principal was Chi McBride. So he was nice. So let's say it's the superintendent. So this backfires on the superintendent who wanted to get all these old teachers out so they can bring in new teachers also like david e kelly wrote it that's a commentary on the tv business where they're trying to push out the old actors and bring in the young ones to make the show like sexy and hip um and they do a bronx tale and it's a hit and he's like it's like the producers where he's like super upset because like now he's gonna have to do the musical every year but he's excited because it was a hit for these kids and everyone felt involved so that's the two-part episode of boston public revolving obviously around a bronx tale wow wow yeah, mine really? will be like a two-word answer. Sorry. You know a lot about that show. Yeah. yeah, first of all, I was given a Bronx tale, so I wasn't gonna, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well Kevin. All right. I'm ready. Ready? Say when. When? Lacajo Fall. Okay. Oh. Lacage. Good show. Say when. When? Nathan Lane. Oh my God! Just perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, um, a show within a show involving Nathan Lane and Lacage. Um, okay, <laughs> so um, this is Mel Brooks decides to put the producers two on to Broadway, so they're doing the producers. But the show within the show is now Lacage. And so, but there's like an added stigma, like they're pulling in some of Mrs. Doubtfire because like they know that's coming to Broadway, so they want to steal some of that. So like Nathan Lane is playing one of the old ladies in the producer who like is donating the money, but he's also playing the star of Lacage. So he's trying to do like a trick where he like convinces people to produce a show on a fake check that he wrote in order for him to be able to do Lacage. And the whole thing is like this madcap, they're doing the show and they're not sure. It's like a Rebecca thing, like where they're not sure the investor exists, but like he's pretending <laughs> it does exist. <laughs> Kevin, is this like a crossover between the producers and the birdcage? Yes, 100%. <laughs> all happening at once. So it's basically like a trifecta of all three of those. Um, and in the end, like he gets caught playing the role and then he sings I Am What I Am and everyone cries and they're all happy. And that's the end of the show. Oh, I really needed to be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I game is... We are at a disadvantage here. <laughs> the game is when the bourbon hits. Yeah, exactly. That is true. It's about that time. All right, Beth. Will you give it a go? 
I, I will so try and I'm, and forgive me for my, but you know, you've had two excellent answers and Tony's had an extra five minutes to prep. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but in, their def- in your defense, Beth, I mean, you know, Brian and Kevin, they, they, they make up stories like my four-year-old son makes up stories before he goes to bed. <laughs> I just gabbers on about whatever the hell he sees in the yeah. room. All you right, know, get Jesus. ready. I'm going to be gabbering like your son is now four. <laughs> He's four. He's, I know this pandemic is so long. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. You want to okay, see? You want to see some twirling? This is like, uh, you know, when, go ahead. A uh, stop. Well, please let me know them. David Diggs. Oh, David. Okay. Yes. Okay. And now say when for a show. When. <laughs> <laughs> War paint. <laughs> the why would David be in war paint? Well, that's that's exactly right. You know, trying to think of a show within a show. All I'm thinking of is gender breaking war paint, and having David and some other person switch the roles that Christine and Patty played and make it like I don't know. Doesn't even have to be gender specific, but like Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren. Mm. Oh. And do that whole story or someone even more, you know, uh, flamboyant like uh, Valentina and, uh, Mm. you know, and then make a whole musical around that. So it's not a show in a show. It's a show because of a show and because of (laughs) David and his enormous talent. You see how I'm making this up as I go? Yes. I think I poop my pants. So (laughs) wrong answers. Don't give me like a turn. Good game. Good luck, Tony. Yeah. Okay, say when. When? Bandstand. Oh! Oh. Okay, say when one more time. When? Tim Curry. <laughs> Brace your Not four-year-old. Pair. <laughs> you know that British man in bandstand? <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's see here. God. Um... <laughs> All I'm thinking about is like, now that we've said Chicago, it's like, what if like, okay, let me think here. Let me think here. Tim Curry. (laughs) (laughs) I have bizarro nightmares, but one of them would be like really musical though. So what if like, so like, instead of like when in Chicago, the musical, when they go, we want Billy. Yeah. Billy would so Billy would come out, right? But he would his back would be to the audience. And then he would flip around and Tim Curry would be there. And he would just announce that he were about to say we're about to perform the Star Spangled Banner and a whole row of like <laughs> trumpets and saxophones and like drums would come out and they would perform the Star Spangled Banner and all the ladies would literally just die. They would just die on the floor. There would be no more ladies. The band would walk out because they'd just get jealous. There's just like, there's no room for the band that's actually on the bandstand to sell a bandstand. It could be about the bandstand in Chicago. There you go. <laughs> that's another story. Okay. So, um, but then, but Tim Curry would, would, would then at that point give us a, a full oration of 
all of the wars that men and women have died in, and it would just be a complete political bore of a show. And and then it's over. And, it, and we call it Bandstand in Chicago. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Kimberly, are you going to go? I'll have a turn. Okay, someone say when for me. When. Mm. On your feet. Okay. All right. <laughs> when. Anne Harada. Okay. Anne Harada is on your feet. Anne Harada does on your feet. I'm like creating this very strange like sketch comedy show in my mind where like it's just a sketch of Anne Harada being like a very um, like she's a choreographer that didn't read the script and she has shown up to this height like she has shown up to like Broadway rehearsals to teach on your feet um, and is very confused why no one has point shoes on um, and then she decides to do an entire number because she really wants to put her own stamp on it that um, she wants to do an entire number on your hands and so she's just quizzing everyone on their handstands um, and she's making them walk across the room on their hands. On your hands. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. like, the concept for this revival is hands. Yeah. Um, and she just hasn't, like, has clearly, like, not prepared or just not read the script and just assumed she knew what it was about. Um, perhaps she's wearing a beret. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know why. That's my next favorite phrase. The concept of this show is hands. <laughs> <laughs> there are Oh, that was show within a show. Yay. Before we before we sign off here, sometimes we end with one last question, uh, and we call this stage door stories. Door stories. Um, we're gonna ask both of you. Basically, you know, you've had a lot of experience uh, as a performer coming out to the stage door. Um, you know, what's the first story that pops into your head? It could be funny, it could be heartwarming, or it could just be kind of a general feel for when you walked out of a stage door for a specific show or a specific performance. Um, we just love to hear those stories and um, we'd love to hear your experiences um, in, in context of those stories. There's been some- Beth, Beth, go ahead, Beth. <laughs> There's been some amazing experiences, particularly with prom. I mean, mm. again, I'm sorry, I keep referencing that, but it's so fresh in that we would come out the stage door and sometimes kids would come out to us and thank us. Mm. Come on. And or say to me, this is my mother and she doesn't know that I am going to come out when we go to dinner afterwards. Another one of my favorite ones is when I took over for Christine Ebersole in for the revival of 42nd Street. And I came sure. out the stage door and someone said, when is Christine coming back? Oh, no. You always remember the ones that like horrify you. Love the stories. Nice. I, just, yeah. I feel like I have so many, but there is one that sticks out. I've told uh, uh, most of my friends this story because it's just too good. I've never said it on stage or in a show before, so this should be fun. Um, but uh, I, I swear it was all joy too. I walk out of the stage door on the town. It's gotta be my seventh or eighth show of the week. I mean, I was completely burned out after a year doing it, but 
just exhausted, sweating, can't wait to go home. And I'm signing autographs and this, this apparent, a father, uh, probably 45, 50 years old, he's freaking out that I'm there. And he says, God, you were just fantastic. You're such a dual threat. <laughs> oh. And I, and I, I was like, which one am, which one am I not? Wow. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just never forget that because I mean, this, I, I've never heard, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I, I don't know if he knew what he was talking about, but perhaps he was, and he was just being like really sweetly offensive to me. You know, just, maybe he meant maybe he meant an amazing performer and an amazing person. Look at you. Let's Look do that. You. Let's, Let's see, see that half full. Yeah. I also. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things too is in bandstand. I came out the stage door, and most of the time they wouldn't recognize me just because I look different. But literally, someone said, "Are you wearing a fat suit?" <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, it's not. It's just. <laughs> well, yeah, or I did when I was doing Prince of Broadway. This happened a couple times by. Um, slightly older, uh, the older crowd, and they said, you know, because we we did ten different roles in in right. Prince of Broadway. Yeah, uh -huh. it's kind of a variety show of Broadway shows, and they would just say, "You're too old. You're too no. You you're too young to be playing Ben and Follies. Just too young." And I went, "Yeah, yeah, I know. It's Prince of Broadway." <laughs> <laughs> and this wasn't yeah, a production yeah. of Follies. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the books that, uh, the, or the movies that Tony and I write, or the autobiographies, we'll we'll, we'll really we'll share more of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those. That was awesome. There will be scripts um, so that everyone yeah. can role play at home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but as a reminder, check them out May tenth, thetownhall.org. Um, that's May tenth. The Kindred Ebb years with Beth, Tony, and then friend of the show Danny Gardner, and more uh, on that night. Um, nine to ten songs uh, per. Um, per show uh and then uh dance number by danny again uh and then you can do the andrew lloyd weber on may 24th um but uh thank you both so much for joining us taking your time uh and spending it with us we we really appreciate it. Uh, we both really envy both of you and, and, and love both of you as performers. We've seen both of you in, in multiple uh, shows and we're always blown away by both your talent and your empathy. And so we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to hang out with us here today. Um, you can uh, follow us at Broadwasted on all social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook uh, doing some theater nerdy stuff. Um, you can, of course, join our Patreon. We're doing some fun things there monthly. And then you can find us wherever you get your podcasts like spotify and apple podcasts rate and review us there five stars please thank you um again thank you beth thank you tony You're we can't we can't wait for that um for uh broadway by the year but also we can't wait to see you live again we we count down the days until that can happen so thank you for spending the time here um but as we end every episode we raise a glass and we say Cheers. 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 Thank you guys. Pleasure. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.